All right, folks, welcome back to the Mountain West Wire podcast. We are talking week 11. Dang it, already. Week 11 football here. And join our website, mwwire.com. If you've seen our new digs, we appreciate it. I think we're doing a decent job over there in our new little um, home where you can search by team, by sport, pretty much anything you want. If you want to follow Nevada, Colorado State, Boise, do it. Facebook, same stuff, Mountain West Wire, Twitter, MWC Wire. Joining me today is not Matthew Kennerly, but... He was here last time, Brandon Blake. Hello. Hey, hello, hello. Good to be back. Good to be you back. You like that? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so we got week eleven here. Um, oh geez, um, do we need to talk about Twitter etiquette at the beginning, or should we just get into it? Let's just get into it. We'll we'll pick up as we go along. The Twitter etiquette. When we get to Boise State CSU. We'll get to that oh, stuff yeah. here. Fun times. Because <laughs> those Boise fans are they want to get after it with us. Uh, they're an interesting bunch. Despite the Bronco. Yeah, despite the Broncos being what number one in our power ranking the past three weeks, I believe a couple weeks. Yeah, we hate Boise yes. apparently. So yeah, whatever. What's the tagline? What is our tagline? We're biased against your team. But that that can be positive. People think that's always negative. That can be good. I can be positively biased yeah. against my team. I can be negatively biased. It's either way. People that just context, assume negative. People context. <sighs> all right, let's get to let's get to game one Friday night. Oh boy, oh, I did not like this one at all. <laughs> BYU at UNLV, Cougars somehow, honorary Mountain West members, defeat the Rebels 31-21 using a quarterback, not Tanner Mangum, who busts his Achilles versus Fresno, not Bo Hodge, who we saw versus Utah State in a little bit versus Fresno, but this little-known freshman, walk-on freshman, I might add you, Joe Critzlow from Franklin, Tennessee, came in and had a reasonably good game and helped beat UNLV. I don't understand it. What happened, Brandon? Do you know? Well, <laughs> I can, um, I can much, I can very much attest that um, the great, one of the best names in the conference, um, Squally Canada, is what happened to UNLV. Yeah. Uh, Twenty-five carries, two hundred thirteen yards, one touchdown. He was just phenomenal. He was just phenomenal on Friday night in Vegas. Uh, and Critchlow. Very efficient. I mean, 14 for 22, 160, one touchdown. Uh, those are the type of numbers you – those are the type of numbers that are, that just scream efficiency and also scream very, uh, running attack, which also screams BYU actually had an offense. <laughs> I, hey, I wow, mean, it's I'm been a, a while. Florida fan, so offense is, like, boring to me these last eight years. So. <laughs> So that impre- sort of, did that impress you very much? What BYU did was that like, hey, that's an offense. <laughs> hey, look, I'm you, hey, anytime an offense has a functional quarterback and a functional anything on offense, it's it's like it's like the invention of the week, <laughs> you know. Uh, but but yes, yeah, Squally Canada, I I just came away from that game being impressed by him and just BYU's ability to move the ball. Granted. UNLV's defense leaves a whole lot to be desired. Uh, but, yes, I, I think it was, that was what happened in just BYU finding an offense. And I was just really surprised that they were able to move the ball on offense when they struggled all year. Yeah, because they haven't been able to run. Like, they've been through a lot of running backs. Like, this guy KJ Hall has been uh, hurt a little bit. This freshman Uli Ula Talata, who got busted for pot possession a couple weeks ago. Obviously, he's not going to be seeing the field anytime soon. They've been like, I look at the rushing numbers, I'm like, okay, how good was it this year, like for this particular game? But like, he he's now, 
<laughs> Squally Canada, where's he been all year? Like he's been, he had like 40 yards. Versus, he only had 40 yards versus San Jose State, and they can give up the rushing yards to anybody. It's like he's been done nothing all year. Like that 213 yards has basically doubled his output before the year. And I don't think you, unless I'm wrong, I don't think UNLV's rush it's defense been, has been that it, bad, has it? It's not been the it's not been the best, and I'm pulling it up right now, sort of statistically. Uh, you keep in mind, you know, you know, UNLV had that lead against the Air Force a few weeks ago, and then and Utah State, so they've been able, so and they Utah were, State. You know, sort of struggling on the to on the defensive side as a whole, not just run defense. Uh, UNLV, I think they're and this is through okay, this is through this week's games. Uh, they're tenth in the conference in run defense, uh, giving up two hundred and twenty-seven yards. Yeah, Indeed. they're third to last. Uh, Air okay. Force, maybe, maybe a mistake. And San Jose State are the not are also sort of in that bottom third in run defense. <laughs> So you can run on UNLV uh, this this year. Um, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And, and that's the thing that just but blows. But BYU hasn't run at all. That's the thing. BYU has had no running game all year. Seeing Squally Canada, I love that name, uh, just running through. I look like, uh, oh, my God, uh, yeah. Brandon Love. Uh, Stanford's running back, uh, Bryce Love. He looked like. Uh, the second color, Barry Sanders, uh, you know, Emmett Smith. He just looked like he, 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 yeah, he off, yeah. brought in through UNLV's yeah. <laughs> run defense, air quotes. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> they rushed they rushed for one fewer yard in this game versus San Jose State. I get there's some short field stuff, but like, Here's BYU's rushing offense really quick. Okay, Portland State, 171. Then they played a bunch of good teams like LSU minus 5, Utah under 100, Wisconsin under 100. They only rushed 66 versus Boise State, 29 versus Mississippi State. East Carolina, who's pretty terrible, only 102 yards. They had two 10 versus Utah State, probably because they're getting blown out and stuff, and that happens when, like, oh, game's over, let's just run it. But, like, this game, like, Armani Rodgers did not play. They put in Johnny State. Like, Johnny Stanton... Okay, yes, two interceptions, terrible, but 325 yards. Lexington Thomas did okay running the ball. They got Devontae Boyd involved with the t- touchdown. They got Presley involved, the Brandon Presley for a touchdown. They had a 50 yard or two, um, what's his name here? Drew Texman. They moved the ball. It's just this is all the defense's fault, really. I got a little bit of the offense when you have uh, two interceptions, but this I'm not pretending to say UNLV is this vastly superior team to BYU, but the way BYU's been playing. It's terrible because the interceptions um, led to only there's only seven points because the one late in the game doesn't really count. It's like the uh, whatever one forty five left at the three, just trying to get it downfield. But they punted too many times. They were not able to stop. They went they went forward on fourth and fourth and three at midfield. Didn't get it done. There's too many times where they could not get it done. Too many three and outs. Like they just interception going. Here's here's what really hurts them early in the game. Real quick. Besides missing a field goal at the beginning, they left 10 points on the board, essentially. Field goal and the, pick, the interception that led to touchdown. But here's when it really kills them. 15 plays, 79 yards. Get all the way to the BYU 14 interception. BYU turns around, scores a touchdown. It's like those two plays right there. Say it's three right there at 0-0. Zero zero. Let's just say it's 3-0 to zero UNLV to make the field goal. And they kick another field goal. That's 
six zero instead of being down seven zero. That may not make the difference, but those are big plays where you drive down the field and then just uh, kaput. It's it's really the summation of that is UNLV just really shot themselves in the foot, uh, for lack of a for just to sum up their scenario with UNLV, they just had these opportunities and couldn't capitalize on them. And for a team like Boys, excuse me, for a team like UNLV that been talking all year, this is the year we're going to get to a bowl. This is the year we're going to get to a bowl. You have to. You, they still they have, they, they they have they a shot. They, they have a more games shot. Um, but I feel like to be to be a bowl team, you have to have a you know ideally a winning record. Winning teams don't do that. You know, winning yeah. teams finish drives. Winning teams protect the ball. Winning teams don't let uh, a guy who only had, as you mentioned, only 30, 40 yards run through him like they're run through him like nothing. And a quarterback who hasn't played all year. Right, and a, right, and a quarterback. You don't let a quarterback if you if you have postseason aspirations like UNLV does. You don't let a quarterback. You don't let a guy like Fritchlaw, uh, Joe Fritchlaw, no disrespect to him. Sorry, he played it. He had like ten passes before the oh, game. Sorry, but very minimal yeah. playing time. You made him turn out to be, you know, this all, you know, this all American signal caller. You know, fourteen for twenty two. You don't let that happen. And yeah, I mean, good enough. Yeah, you, so, I mean, come on. it it has to be bad. You know, he has to step their game up in both facets of the ball, especially on the defensive side. Just have a little. Here's a stat. Here's a stat for you. BYU wins by ten points. They went two of ten on third down and still win this game. That's that. And, and two of ten. And you <laughs> rebels were six of fourteen. So it's like, come on, two of ten. You can't get points off of that. You can't do anything when they have to give up the ball eight times. And and also, I think in total yards, uh. UNLV four forty seven, BYU four twenty five, uh, and then also was it? Oh yeah, as much as BYU ran the ball down, you know, down UNLV's BYU ran the ball down UNLV's throat. The time of possession, BYU only had about like a minute, so it it's. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? Just UNLV just it was a notion. Go ahead. It was just them not. Cause let, let, yeah. yeah, all they do is like give Canada one fifty. Oh, they'd yeah. win this game. They also brought in Austin Confensis, who you're aware of, who's at Nevada for a hot second. Came to play Wildcat, ten of fifty three and a touchdown. It's like they couldn't stop any running game at all. And give credit to BYU. We've seen them, we've seen them a lot this year, where it's been pretty terrible. They adjusted their offense enough to give UNLV something to look at that they haven't seen. Maybe that was part of it. New quarterback with Crystal coming in, Confensis going to Wildcat, which I think yeah. he's only done a handful of times all year. I think he did it once or twice for his Boise State game, but give them some credit for mixing up their offense. But Tom, Lexington Thomas should have had a better game. He should have had 100 yards. He had one of his worst games of the year, which isn't bad, 16 for 83. But he also had the one 35-long play. Take that away. He basically was stopped the whole night. Yeah, and Stanton's numbers were, you know, were good, just that those two interceptions really did him in. Um and you're right about Lexington Thomas. Just take away that 35-yard run, you pretty much you know 16 carries for what 50 yards. That's not going to cut it. Um, so, yeah. 
All right, let me ask you this. Two games left. They go two New Mexico, two Nevada. Are they going to get the six wins? See, I was, there, I was thinking just I – don't, I don't know. I mean, they on paper, they should. Uh, New Mexico – but here's the thing, though. When New Mexico – here's the thing, though. Imagine BYU, you know, BYU was able to run the ball. I know New Mexico hasn't been as good as most of us thought would be this year. <laughs> you know, New Mexico, one of their strengths is running the ball. UNLV struggles running the ball. And then, so it's going to be, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, even though they get that season finale for the Cannon. That's just going to be points galore. (laughs) You know, I I think they're going to get the six wins. I think they could beat New Mexico and beat Nevada. They'll get the six wins, but. At the moment, real quick, they are a two-point dog to New Mexico this week. Not surprised and totally understandable. <laughs> and it's a road game, too, so let's, uh, let's see. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's move on to the next game here. We'll get to um, – well, if we're going to go in order here. Um, shoot, I have my <laughs> basketball page up here. I need to be more organized. When sports overlap, it gets, it gets me in trouble with my tabs. I need to have a football-specific uh, Chrome browser up in front of me. Let's uh, do this. We will uh, no. Let's, we'll we'll save this game. Let's go to New Mexico, Texas A and M. This will be a quick one. Oh yes, it was bad. <sighs> Moving on. Yeah, almost, almost. We got. There's there's one positive. There was one amazing play in this game, where it was a 100 yard kickoff return for um, New Mexico when he had Elijah Lilly. 100 yard. He almost had two of those. One was called back and went out of bounds, but he ended up going five for 181. 100. Lo- yard long touchdown so congrats to him but besides that you mentioned it before just a second ago the mexico running game is not what it was the past couple of years and it wasn't this game either because yes you're playing a better texas a&m team clearly on the road but had this been a team last year or the year before they probably would put up a better fight but when your offense is predicated on running like they are they only had 120 yards and so there's no way they can't pass because they're not the thoroughbos anymore we need to take that away i think no more throwboys until you earn a back. Yeah, and uh, 24 yards passing. I don't care if they were playing Texas A&M or Texas State from a necessary roughness. That's that's not going to happen. That that that's not what's what's popping in, in these in these Mountain West streets. Uh, yeah, we were I, we we got to retire throwboys. Complete more than what they end up completing at percentage wise. Well, under 50% of their passes. Uh, yeah, the running game was non-existent. But, you know, congratulations. You know, we did get that 100-yard return. They did get that uh, return, but it was all A&M <laughs> today. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at the half, really quick, we are going to make this quick because there's no reason to discuss too much on this game. Um, so their starting quarterback, uh, Nick uh, Starkle, his stat line, 21 to 30, 416 yards, four touchdowns. Let me ask you, Brandon, do you know how much game time he played? No, 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 no. In this game, how much did he play? Do you happen to know? I didn't watch the game, but I'm pretty sure he played maybe a You're correct. He played the first half. Ah. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, where's my – hold on. I don't have my – um. There you go. 
I was looking for something else. I'm using the test drive here in Zencaster, but you're correct. One half of football. All right, so let's move on. Um, Really quick, actually, let's take a uh, quick timeout, and then we'll return with uh, San Jose State and uh, Nevada with a special guest. All right, now we're we're doing things a little bit different this time around. As you know, we got Brandon hopping in for Matt, who's uh, under under the weather. But um, we will bring in now Anna Q to talk about San Jose State taking on Nevada. So in addition to the game a little bit, we're lucky we got Brandon, does Nevada stuff, Anna, San Jose State stuff. So we'll talk about that game and a little bit about kind of Spartans for the season, which is uh, unfortunately 1 in 10 is not that great. So first off, welcome. First time uh, joining the show. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on the show. So let's get this right away real quick. Spartans are 1 in 10. That's unfortunate. You are... You went to the university, graduated from university, cover the team. Take forget about being covering a team reporter. Give us your real thoughts on the team. Is it this bad that they're one in ten? Is it really is, is this like the worst it can get that you seem like? Uh, yes, it, it has been really bad because they've made history in in the Mountain West Conference. They've been there since twenty thirteen, and they haven't been this bad uh, until this season. So what is it like when you're there like every day? Because you're at most, not every day, but like most games you're at, I believe most press conferences. How is the team handling being not good this year? Even though everybody knew, even Coach Brennan came in. There's a reason he came in because the team wasn't doing well bringing a new coach. How has it been like each week, especially the last couple of weeks with them once conference plays begun? Because they haven't really, for the most part, haven't shown to, at least to me to get that much better week in and week out. Well, they were enthusiastic at, at first, but for the past couple of weeks, everyone, including Coach Brennan, and, and sorry, I, I'm saying this, um, Brennan, um, since he follows me on Twitter, um, but he, he sounds like, like a broken record, just, just like I do. And he has admitted that in last Monday's press conference as well. All right, so Bra- real quick, because Brandon's on the same side a little bit. Nevada hasn't been very good this year, but... Yeah. They've shown some stuff, right? They, they scored some points, whereas San Jose State, it's like they had a couple of good plays versus Utah. They played Fresno reasonably tough for Hawaii, but on the flip side, this is finally a victory for it, it's, the Wolfpack. It's, yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, both teams came in with just one win. Nevada was 1-8 and eight and 1-4 and four in conference play and entering this this game and and I I knew like both teams were hungry for for a win because their head coach is is a first first year coach with with the team like just just like Brennan um but San Jose State has absolutely no defense um, besides Frank Yinda. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts, Brandon? This victory because Nevada hasn't been very good, but they just I feel like it's for Nevada. It was their most complete game they played all season. Uh I know yeah they beat Hawaii, but I felt like Hawaii their their defense was their defense was better in this game against San Jose State than it was against Hawaii. Um Malik Reed had a fantastic game and and David and Damian Baber was just all over the place for them. There it was a defense that really showed up uh on Saturday against San Jose State. And the offense and I mentioned it as well. I, I you got excuse me, Jeremy. You mentioned it as well. I think with the Browns, at least they're they're having an identity in terms of points being scored. They're a very explosive offense, and it kind of goes back to 
Ty Ganji at the quarterback position. He's really finally gotten a hold of that offense, and it, it kind of makes you wonder what what could have been had they stuck with Ty Ganji. Would they be two and ten? I mean, or excuse me, um, the record where they are pretty much. I mean, they still wouldn't be good, but I feel like their offense would come along better had they kept them on. You know, remember that kind of quarterback controversy from earlier in the season. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, the burning the red shirt of Kiraton. Had Ganji at least played all the way through, I think they would have won at least one game. You know, they would have beaten Idaho State. But I, I feel like they, yeah, I feel like they're coming along pretty well. And, and I said this about Nevada <laughs> and San Jose State and Fresno, which going into the season, they were the three worst teams in the conference. Their success is not necessarily going to be built on wins and losses. It's going to be how the team performs and we're seeing you know fresno state you know speaks for themselves nevada they're slowly but surely coming along and san jose state you know they have quite a bit of work to be done there but nevada's playing really well (laughs) so yeah, they've, they've been scoring points like CSU the past couple weeks. They've been put, gave, giving people Air Force a run for the money each and every week. So when we see Nevada's growth, Anna, have you seen any improvement from this team from the first week where they had a big lead for South Florida compared to now? Because for me, I think the one change is sticking with Montel Aaron, who looks to be the better quarterback. But it's just been like maybe Tanner Nevins. He ran pretty well in this game. He had 100 plus yards. Like besides Frank Ginda, like what are the positives offensively where maybe they could still one more win this year? Well, Tyler Nevins um, is definitely a positive. He's a freshman running back, and and like the team has had like nine or, or ten uh, freshmen starting in each game so far this season. So I definitely think the youth movement um, can help can help this team. Um, but but when you brought up Montel Aaron, he he did not have have good luck yesterday. It was like really bad luck because he he had a pass that was intercepted by Faber um, and he he had two or, or three more um, turnovers yeah like two interceptions at, at the half um, and Josh Love came came in oh, with boy. and I I think he he still needs more practice and, and coaching by the way um, he he did not help much, obviously, but at least San Jose State tried with with that last minute touchdown. Yeah, a little bit. It's so like, what's the future for? Is it just the thing you mentioned? Nine or ten freshmen? Is this because this game was out of hand? There's too many three and outs for San Jose State. They allowed yeah. the special teams a block yeah. punt for the the scoop and score two pick sixes. That's 21 points right there. And it's not like this Nevada's defense is great. Brady knows that. They, that's probably why Nevins had 100-plus yards. It was a decent running game for them. But, like, is this something – at this point, here we got to be looking forward. So freshman quarterback, freshman running back, Ginda, he's a junior. He may or may not come back. Who knows? It's way too early to speculate. But, like, they have some players here. But, like, what do you want to see, like, the next couple of games? They got CSU and Wyoming. Those are two tough teams. Like, is there going to be – what do you want to see in those last two games? Like, What's your kind of idea of what this pro, what the team should be doing, working on, or like, yeah, what do you want to see happen the final two weeks of the year? Uh, well, they they need to stop turning the ball over so so much. Um, they need to catch the ball. They need to um, 
stop getting themselves into interception situations. They also need to protect the football. Um, and but yeah, most of all, turnovers cost them games, and that's why they continue to shoot themselves in in, in the foot. Um, they also need to uh, avoid getting penalized like so many times that I can't even remember. Yikes. All right, so they got those two games left. They're probably going to go one in twelve, right? Yeah, one in twelve. So when you're seeing, there's not much more to ask really to with Spartans because have we seen who's good, or who's not good? Like, do you see any hope going forward? Because not, I know it's kind of sounds cheeky. Oh, is there hope? They're new coach, young guys. They might probably going to win just one game this year. Is this going to be at one point when you look, say, maybe not next year, but year three, where? You have Nevins as a junior. You have Aaron's a junior. All these guys come in who they're like, hey, we've been one-win team where we've beaten nobody. We're finally into year three where we're sitting here at six, seven, eight, nine wins. I assume it's, this is a long-term play for Coach Brennan. Yeah, I, I think there will be a possibility of of this team like improving in in year three because don't forget um, Coach Brennan is – is a first-time head coach. He has never coached an NCAA team before, um, and and like like he he said, the youth movement is is definitely a good thing, but it's also not not a good thing. He stresses this like every week. Um, the youth um, players they they definitely need um, to to be coached more because some of them aren't taking the game as seriously as as him and and other coaches obviously all right so i'm gonna ask a real quick thing about this game like what was um well actually let me go this right here so three quarterbacks play is there okay who's this um i only watched part of this game i apologize i can't watch every second of every game oh it's all good (laughs) who is this uh mike uh, yeah brady come on brady you gonna give me slack (laughs) i'm kidding I guess not teased yet, but um, who's just Michael? Who's just Michael Carrillo, guy who came in for a touchdown pass? Is he is he in any plans for the future? Anna, there at quarterback. Um, don't you mean Michael Carrizosa? No, it says Carrillo here. Is that not his name? Oh, that's... <laughs> it, it says C A R I L L O Carrillo, right? Or Carrillo? Isn't that the guy? Junior, he had a touchdown pass yesterday. He's a listless quarterback. If you don't know, it's okay because I'm just shocked as you are as this guy comes in and throws a touchdown pass. <laughs> He's only played in two games all year, so that's not a problem. It's a, it's just another guy they're tossing out there for whatever reason, I guess. Right? Is that how it works at this point when you're one in ten? Try whatever sticks on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, he is a, a junior qu- quarterback. For some reason, I I blanked out there because I thought you're talking about Michael Carrizosa, no, the punter. Because he, he did pretty good yesterday. I hope so. <laughs> That's the positive. MVP is the punter, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Frank Ginda no, I think will I, beat a better option. I agree. Frank Ginda, he's uh, – I wonder if – I forget me and Matt discussed this a while ago. Isn't – I think he's going to potentially break the NCAA single-season record because I think he's sitting at, like, what, 16 tackles a game or something? He's sitting at yeah. 152 – 13.8 per game. Isn't this a record like, isn't it like 190 or something? Um. Well, yesterday, um, the radio <laughs> said he he made a tackle early in, in the first quarter for his 140th. Okay. What are the record? I know you ended up with 152. We'll look it up later, but I think he's dropped off. He's like at 18 a game. It's like, geez, just 
do something. Give him some help. Give Frank Ginter some help. That's what they need, right? Yeah, like, but this was early in, early in the game. So yeah, I think it was one hundred fifty-two. I I wasn't at at the game because I was do, doing other work. So it's okay, it's just a lot of tackles. I don't man. have the specific details. He's, he's but yeah, that's a lot of tackles. He's, I think I found it right here. Hold on, season tackles, tackles. I'm on Wikipedia. Hopefully, that's trustworthy, right, folks? Uh, I've career tackles, not season tackles. Okay, here's yeah, really quick. Here's he what he can do it. for a I mean, season. Most tackles in a season. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech linebacker Difficult Lawrence Flugitz. Flugitz, one ninety three. I don't think uh, Ginda can get. I don't know. I wouldn't put a pass of forty one tackles in two games. Maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty tough, right? <laughs> okay, yes. let's let's, let's, <laughs> let's champion that. But here's a here's a more realistic option. I'd have to do the math here, but I won't. But 15.92 average tackles per game in a season. 13.8? You can do that, right? Maybe? Yes. <laughs> yes, he headed in, into the San Jose State at Nevada game with 140 tackles. So so I was right. Yeah, so yeah, he had he, he had a dip. Hawaii BYU only nine each, so get together, Frank. <laughs> yeah, he's the first FBF player this season to be credited with 100 tackles he is the national leader in total tackles and tackles per game and shares the national lead in unassisted tackles that's right solo tackles 82 and then assisted tackles he's uh only number three unfortunately but hey i'd rather have solo tackles than assisted right that's way better i mean he's getting the job done himself all right before we wrap yeah he averages 14 um, per, per game. All right, before we wrap this section up here with you, Ann, any last words you want to talk about San Jose, San Jose State? Anything we should know that we never talk about with the Spartans? Yeah, like like yesterday was announced that former San Jose State Spartan Shane Smith made the main roster in, in New York. So con- congrats to him. Excellent. So it's some good news. We got, and I want to get, is Benaben Wickery <laughs> back in the NFL? I know he's with the Panthers, but got cut recently. Can, can you repeat the question you uh, were cutting out? Benaben Wickery, is he back with the Panthers or something? I know he's played a couple years with somebody. If not, it's whatever. I just remember that name because it's such a – Yeah. I just remember that because it's a name I can say, and he's pretty good, so I'm going to take it. Yeah, like I haven't seen anything on him, to to be honest. Okay. And there are like a lot of other players from San Jose State who, who have made it to the NFL because at the Stimkins Stadium Center – they literally have a sign with like each team, and and there's like a list of of guys on underneath each team. I know Tyler um, Evans is with my Texans, so hopefully he gets some play yeah. eventually. But uh, I don't know. All right, so uh, that's his point. Good guy. Oh, he is. I'm hope they drafted uh, who is it? Dante Foreman from UT from Texas, so he may take took some carries. But hopefully, long play he gets in there because he was amazing to watch with special teams, passing game. He just tore it up here at the Spartans, but. Anna, thanks for hopping on with us for this portion of the podcast. And yeah, we'll just follow Anna on Twitter. It's um, A-N-A, Anna, A-N-A-K-I-E-U, Anna Q. So give her a follow for Spartan stuff. Uh, if you like hockey, she does some hockey stuff for the Sharks. Anything else you typically yeah, do? Yeah, I, I also what else you got going. Yeah, I also also do um, soccer, um, basketball. Um, yeah, and and basically like like every uh, everything you, else because I also f- fill in. The last game I went to was uh, Stanford versus number nine Washington. I still can't believe that they they stunned them in that thirty to twenty two win. 
Crazy ones. Yeah, so basically, Bay Area stuff give Anna a fall. And so uh, thanks for hopping on. And uh, me and Brandon, we will continue going on. So thanks for joining us, Anna. No problem, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. All right, once again, let's thank uh, Anna Q for joining us for that. Let's move on to the next game. So while I'm in an Air Force, I think we need to discuss the injury that happened at the beginning during this game. You're aware of the um, Josh Allen information, aware, correct? Yes. Coach Bull did not mention what happened in postgame, I, I, even though being asked. Josh Allen was not available, which makes sense because he played a half. However, if you're a student watching the game, his right hand never left his pouch pocket. So assuming it's some sort of right hand injury. So if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're going to hide an injury and it's a hand injury, stick both hands in there. Come on, do something where we can't figure it out, right? <laughs> yeah, just to be a little bit more discreet. Yeah, discreet yeah. Exactly. And so it's like, well, he played. He um they won, which is good. And give credit again to the best I'll say it, the best I don't care, Boise State fans, the best defense is the Wyoming Cowboys in the conference. Yes. Utah State's doing quite well with the amount of turnovers they force, but they cough it up too much to have a good enough uh, turnover margin, but three turnovers led to points in this game. He had an interception and what, two fumbles, I want to say? Is that right? Yeah, two lost fumbles. Yeah, two fumbles. And they, Wyoming sort of found a running game? Sort of? <laughs> kind of? Yeah. No, we can still say no. No, 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 no. I, they ran for a total of 100 yards rushing. How many attempts, though? Come on. 43 attempts. 43 attempts. Trey Woods had 11 carries for 47 yards. Yeah, they don't have a running attack. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Would you trade this running game for a Florida has? (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Ah, I think that that might be a yes, maybe a soft yes. That's okay. But this matchup here, again, (laughs) the Cowboys defense, like they made worth and throw because – he did pretty well for throwing 10 to 22. Not what you really want from the Air Force QB, a pick, like I mentioned, 175 for under 40, 50%. But they held like Bird, um, Taven Birdo, uh, Mr. who are these guys? Jacob Stafford. These are guys we don't hear much this year. McVay had 33 yards. They didn't give it to Parker Wilson, who I might be nicked up. I believe they're fullback, but 200 yards for Air Force is really like 100 yards for anybody else. Yeah, not a, I mean, 200 yard, 203 might be great for, like he's mentioned, you know, other schools, but. Yeah, 200, 200, 203 for Air Force is kind of ho-hum. Uh, they did have to make Wortham throw, and when he when he tries to throw, see the see when they played Nevada, even though they did win, it's no great shakes. Uh, but I mean, credit you know credit Wyoming defense for forcing you know Air Force to find a passing game. Uh, Air Force has a defense; they don't have much of a running game, but they do have a defense. Um, and well, not much of an offense either. You know, Josh Allen injury, eight for eleven <laughs> percentage wise is fine. A touchdown, but touchdown. That was a sweet. That's a slick touchdown pass. The one to uh, who was a Jared Scott. They had that nice thirty-eight. Well, it wasn't Woods, but um, the Scott one right across the middle. That was a very good-looking throw. But defense. Yes, yeah, I can yeah. count them on one hand. <laughs> yeah. It was- one of his better throws in the season. But the defense is yes. I think you you and you, me and you know, a couple other people probably had better throws than uh, Josh Allen this season. But anyway, moving on. Uh they uh they do have their their calling card is defense. Wyoming's 
and they they leaned on that tonight. Uh, leaned, on, leaned on it last night to shut down a very potent Air Force attack. Um, almost, get almost, and, try, and keep pace with Boyd. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment, mm-hmm. but almost, almost. But you know, to try to keep pace. And this team offensively isn't that great. This to you know, but they can fall back on their defense. All right, so with Wyoming here, they're sitting at seven and three. Because what are you gonna make of this game? Air Force, they have two games left. There could be still eight teams going bowling. I don't know. They beat Boise a couple times in a row. So they got them next week. Then Utah State. So there's a sort of a chance. But let's talk about Wyoming real quick. I'm trying to look up right now the latest. Like go to trib.com and um, Brandon Foster, or whatever they do stuff like that for the Cowboys. So what would it? What does it mean to you that if Allen? Because if it's a hand, right hand. Broken hand, broken metatarsal, um, could be a sprained thumb or something. Who knows? If he doesn't play, where do you think that – how does that face for Wyoming? Because they play Fresno State next yeah, week at if home. He, if, if Allen isn't at 100%, then Wyoming's offense isn't really in a world of trouble. I mean – Does it matter? Have to have, I mean, I'm of the mindset that you can have a great defense, but if your offense can't – be functional, then what's the then your defense is compromised. And Fresno has a good Fresno been able to, more than been able to move the ball. And if they don't have Josh Allen services, even even as a the mere threat of Josh Allen, real or otherwise, real imaginative or otherwise, can at least keep Fresno's defense somewhat on. Uh, but if, if he's not there, if he's not playing, or if he's there under a hundred percent, then it's great. <laughs> we have I have sort of an update on this game on his injury. Um, just like I said, just moments ago over at trib.com for Brandon Foster, because he said he put his hand in there, so right. I figured okay, that's a hand injury. May not be the case because um, part of his article says Craig Willis tight lift on Allen's upper body injury after the game, so. If he has his hand in his in the little QB pocket, maybe he's using that sort of as a sling because he has right. broken his collarbone in the past. Past. So now I'm just speculating here based off of what information we have. He did take a hard hit early in the game on that double pass, and so maybe collarbone issues, AC joint thing. Regardless, yeah. if it's the right side, if it's collarbone, he's done. Because you can, if it's a broken collarbone, he probably probably can hang on the sideline. But I don't think it's that because he's pretty active, yelling around, walking around, doing stuff. So I doubt it's that. So I'm wondering maybe he just like I doubt it's a dislocated shoulder. Maybe he's an AC sprain or something up there, rotator cuff thing. Or it still could be a hand thing. Who knows? So speculative of him running around out there. I doubt it's a it's just extremely severe injury. We'll know more. Craig Bull said we know more Monday, which is tomorrow, or maybe today when you're listening. But I'm I don't want to guess, but I don't know, hand or shoulder is what makes sense to me after hearing that. And probably not super severe because if it was a broken thing, they'd gone for the x-ray for or go to the locker room for x-ray or ambulance would have came out or something. So I doubt it's something like that. It's probably – I don't think it's a broken bone in his body. I think that would make sense because if it broke his hand, broke a thumb or something, or tore a ligament in his fingers, he would have been gone. He wouldn't have stayed in the game dressed. Yeah, it, it sounds – it doesn't – it reading that report, it doesn't sound that serious. Maybe you just – hold him out for a practice or two just precautionary and then just yeah man yeah i, I mean just I get, it's interesting better safe than sorry you know just 
Because it was a close game, too. So it's why would you hold, like, I don't think precautionary, but it is a close game. So I don't think you'd hold him out because, oh, it's a close game. But it's it's bad enough for him to miss miss half the game. So that's where I'm thinking it's, like, maybe a shoulder thing. Right. Just, we'll, we'll listen, we'll know more Monday. But, like, it doesn't sound serious. I, we would have, we, we could agree that as it stands right now, barring something weird in the distance, he's playing next week. But now it's at it, right? I would say, yeah, Quest- probably questionable. He'll be listed as questionable. Yeah, that's what I figured. I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll know more Monday. It's just going through each little bit. Like, okay, stand in the field. His right hand didn't leave his pocket. So, okay, right hand injury, right arm injury. He had a history of broken collarbone, which took him out of his freshman year, I believe, a couple years ago, where he started like one or two games. So it's serious enough to leave the game, but not serious enough right. to get checked out during the game. So we'll see. And but let's move on to the next game here. Um, let's just go to the, we'll, we'll save this game for last year. Let's go to Fresno State Hawaii, which I'm thankful <laughs> for the Watch Stadium app to finally be working on Android. So props for that, guys. There was a lightning delay, so this game it was late. Even though it started an hour earlier than normal, it's still a late football game. But you had. Fresno State win, 31-21. Marcus McMarion had almost his most touchdowns of the year, nearly his best game. He had two picks, but he had they let him throw the ball, probably more than he should have because under 50%. But Fresno won 31-10, partly because that huge second quarter where they go after being down 7-0, they scored 21 unanswered points, actually 31 unanswered points, and that was pretty much the ball game. That's why his defense, as we know, is, well, not very good. No, it's not. And very wide. Very charitable defense this year, um, more so than, well, probably one of the more charitable, like I said, one of the more charitable defenses in the league not named, you know, San Jose State. Uh, but, yeah, McMarion threw, threw the ball quite a, quite a bit than I would have preferred. Uh, they only ran the ball, to let, I mean, they, but they, you have to balance, though. He threw, they threw 36 times. They ran the ball 36 times. Um not a lot of yardage, though. Mims only had 55 yards. Uh, Ronnie Rivers only had 53. So, but they were able to move through the air, and then you can do that against an, a defense like Hawaii's. Well, they were able to do that. Sorry for my chuckle. I, I apologize for my chuckle. I'm going to get to this tweet momentarily in the next <laughs> game because it's pure gold. But we'll keep talking about this one for a minute here. Um, one thing I did like about um, Hawaii, they got Dyson May St. Juiced. He actually became one of the I need to look at more specifically, specifically, but he rushed for more than 100 yards against his Fresno State defense, which held, as we know, yeah. Donald Pump or not Donald Pumphrey, Jesus, last year. Excuse me. Apologies to Aztec sure, fans. Um, <laughs> Richard Penny, Jesus, drawing a blank there for some reason, 53 yards a couple weeks ago. And so they've been holding opposing players like this is not the best rushing defense, which is weird because they're actually near the top in yards per game allowed. But when you look at it a bit more deeper, like per game basis, They've been giving up three yards per carry, 2.9 yards per carry. Like the past couple games, past six games, just over 100, 173 yards is the most they've given up versus UNLV. For a single player, I think um, St. Juice was the highest in a while. Outside of that Alabama game, they've been just kind of skewing their stats by a lot. But like 60 yards versus Nevada, 90 versus Washington, 109 versus New Mexico. And so with one player like St. Juice, like BYU had 122, but when you go by per player, St. Juice, I believe, is one of the best outside of Alabama. I think it's probably Jalen Hurts who did all that damage, rushed for 100 yards, which is nice. But then again, no touchdowns. 
Drew Brown had a couple touchdowns, but had a pick as well. And like Hawaii should have been better suited for this game because clearly, first off, they're at home, which is a big deal. They forced interceptions, but here's the thing: it all came in the second half. The uh, one of the interceptions was a pick six, and then two, I guess maybe not too late in the game, were back to back interceptions, which really didn't impact too much. But when there was six minutes left in the game, Hawaii got the ball back on, on an interception. They started driving down the field, and they gave it up their own on second goal at the five, an interception. And so it may come back, may not have been the works, but when you have that late late in the game interception, that could be seven points there. You have a fumble that goes for a touchdown against you. You have multiple three and outs in the first half. Like outside of their touchdown play in the first half, they had a they had let's see one, two, three, three and outs, uh, four play four drives where they had six plays or less. So they couldn't move the ball, and then and then you go into the third quarter really quick. They get the ball back, a chance to make some noise, move down the field, fourth and seven or too far for a field goal, give it up, and then. Fresno, that's kind of where the game changes. 21-7 at that point. They're in the game, obviously. Fresno gets a field goal, gets a field goal after the turnover on downs. Hawaii fumbles leads to a touchdown. So a really quick 10 points and poof. Game over. Game over. Yeah, it and just goes back to with Hawaii just been very inconsistent this year. Uh, they they you know they normally have their moments where they really shine and then they have their moments where they just really makes you scratch your head and think what are they doing um and St. Juice really you know going back to St. Juice he really did have a fantastic game um I knew one of the stars on that on that Hawaii squad it's just you would think last year you know going on going to last year Hawaii would build on their just incredible turnaround, but they've just really been inconsistent, especially on the defensive side. And then you mentioned they had a chance to get back into that game and then just fell flat, and Fresno took advantage of that. And credit Fresno State for really jumping on, you know, jumping on them earlier and then not letting Hawaii get up, mostly because Hawaii, you know, fell on their face. Part of it too, Hawaii's still missing. Um, oh geez, I'm I'm going blank at everybody's name. Um, ah, John Osrua there. Geez, I'm I'm going terrible tonight. But uh, he, missing him is huge. And so there's still, like me and Matt discussed this each of the past couple weeks. They're still not finding. Yeah, Dylan Colley's nice, but nobody's going 15 yard, 20 yard average, 200 yards total in receiving game. And so they miss that threat. And he's with that threat makes St. Juice that much more valuable. Well, it's St. Juice knowing they're going to run the ball to him, knowing the downfield player, the playmaking ability of, of Ursu is not there. That's a concern. But I'll give you one positive, Hawaii fans. One positive. I guess two. We got St. Juice, but I, I would have to look back a bit uh, more to the uh, history of the season's games. But Hawaii had fewer penalties and penalty yards in Fresno State. Only 36 penalties. Yeah, so you, congratulations you for that, right? Did, the, even though they took the loss, they can build on that by not, you know, in terms of the penalties being cut down they just have to work on everything else uh but yeah exactly I, but good for them on getting that getting those penalties turned down i mean they had to have something go go right <laughs> exactly all right so here we go best game of the weekend 59 to 52 
Boise State over Colorado State. I did see very early on 28 to 3 jokes, which apparently came true very early on. <laughs> which I'm over that, but whotever if you if that's your thing still like four yeah, eight today go for it right like the 23 jokes i sort of need to re- we need to retire those as a collective yeah mm-hmm. i saw when i the first guy i saw was from from some nobody I'm like oh that's clever cool but then i noticed other people started bringing up like okay whatever here's the thing csu had not one 25 point leads but two 25 point leads in this game this was this was had the making of a blowout they were up 35 to 10 at one point and Boise state had literally yeah. nothing they could do to stop this, stop what the Rams were doing. The biggest thing in this game really before I get all that was Izzy Matthews injured, did not play, which hurt them, hurt the Rams later in this game. But like the start of the game, Rams, boom, go on touchdown, field goal, touchdown, fumble for Boise, touchdown, punt for Boise. Like boy, here's Boise's first three possessions, field goal, t- fumble, punt, Rams touchdown, 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 touchdown. And so they scored a touchdown. Here's what's amazing about this game: the Rams scored a touchdown in every possession except for one in the first half, and they're up thirty-five seventeen. So that's how that. So here, the way this game really changed, like how it really turned. Rams are doing their thing. Um, Boise gets the ball; they're down thirty-five ten. Then you have an amazing out or no, sorry, it's later on. Alexander Alexander Madison gets a touchdown, 35-17. Okay, whatever. Rams have to punt. Boise gets the ball in the first first half or first play of the second half, I should say. Excuse me. Okay, 35-17. All right. Game's still okay, it's not very good right now. Boise's still in a lot of hurt. Here comes Madison doing a, another hurdle off the line of scrimmage. 70 yard TD run, 35-24. And then the wheels really fall off. An interception by Nick Stevens, then touchdown for Boise State, 35-31. This game was nuts, and I watched too many times. Boise State, this honestly, um, basically, honestly, I, I don't care if you watched or not. Did you watch a good amount of this game, or what did you see? I watched, I watched, I was flipping back between that and, and the, um, and uh, Notre Dame Massacre. <laughs> that, and I, I had like three, I had like three screens on. I saw the, the beatdown Miami put on Notre Dame this game, and I think it was another, um, what was it? Uh, oh, UNT. Alabama. No, probably. not Alabama. Uh, oh, you know, it was either that one or um, uh, oh, Oklahoma TCU. It was one of those. Uh, oh, okay. So I, I had like three TVs I was watching four games. This one was one of them. As you yeah. should. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Watch, I watched most of this game this morning because I, I just was exhausted for some reason and fell asleep before it ended. I'm like, which is shame on me, but I didn't record it, so I watched it this morning because you know, I could speed through and get to it all because – when I saw the score, I'm like, oh, crap, i got to see what happened in this game. So Nick Stevens was very inaccurate in this game. He had – and let me get back to my original point before I mentioned that. There was the interception, pick six from Boise State, nullified for roughing the passer. Then I forget when this was, uh, yeah, uh, cool third quarter, I think. Wide open. Wide open. Nothing but <laughs> nothing but Greenfield in front of him. Boise DB, DB – the reason plays defense, folks. Doesn't catch the ball. Kind of bobbles it. Had – Nothing but space in front of him. Two or three guys next to him on his team would have been a convoy for a touchdown. Huge missed opportunities for Boise State. Didn't matter that they won by four, ended up winning, but this game could have been a blowout and not even gone to overtime. So there's that. But like Rams had no, their defense, we know their defense has been skeptical, skeptical, skeptical and not very good. But the rushing defense has been okay. But Alexander Madison had his biggest game of the year 200, 242, three touchdowns, along long as 70. 
there was no stopping this Boise offense. What this is the team we thought we'd see all year long. It just took them a couple six weeks to get here. Yeah, it took them right. Took them. It took them about roughly half the season for the Boise State offense we all know and we're accustomed to to find itself. Uh, you know, to to find their play their best game. Um, Madison was just phenomenal last night, and Griffin and here's exactly good Brett Rippin. And here's the thing. Griffin State, Griffin played for, if I'm not mistaken, most of that game. I mean, 43 attempts. They Finally, had to split time with Kogart and with some weird little, you know, quarterback thing. You know, he played, yeah, maybe eight plays. Eight. eight plays, I think it was. He had seven rushing plays, and Kozar had one pass. So it's like, <laughs> are they finally listening to me? It's like, Brett Rippin needs to be the guy out there. I get. They figured out their groove, what they're doing right. when he gets the red zone, get Kozar in there. But he played the majority of the game. This is a quarterback who should be one number top three in the conference by far, but with him splitting time and him having bad games, he's not. But this game proves he is just as good, if not better, than Nick Stevens. These were the two best quarterbacks in the conference, and they both showed it this game. But both teams ran. Here's the thing, though. Both, like When you look at the total pure numbers, both teams did well. Dalen Dawkins, 161, two touchdowns. Front retro freshman body had 84 yards, two touchdowns. Madison, clearly 242, but like Michael Gallup had 11 for 102. Cedric Wilson only he got had that left shoulder injury in the game, had still had 73 yards. Tight end Jake Gross showed up with another touchdown, two touchdowns, a couple turnovers in this game. But the big thing in this game was Rams got up to the big lead and just blew it. Their defense let them down in this game. That's all you could say about it. Offense, they had a few, let me double check here in the second half. They didn't score in every possession. Because Boise's defense had an interception. Um, but even then, if you look at it this way, really quick, he had the interception in the first possession, and there were a lot of bad throws by Nick Stevens. He had a lot of overthrows, underthrows. He was not very good overall. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, the numbers were good. Number His numbers were good. No knock on. We're not saying Nick Stevens had first horrible. Oh, he was horrible. He had a very good game. Yeah, I think the. 43 attempts, 29. You, you, you're right. He did miss a couple of, there was a couple of throws. Like, what is he doing? But go, but yeah, he, he played well. It's just a lot of those throws that kind of like mm-hmm. left you scratching your head. And then at, end of the game, like here's how it turned out. So crazy, crazy end of the game here. So interception, mm-hmm. who threw this pick here? Sorry, I'm trying to get this up correctly. Yeah. Jordan Fogel got a pick. So it's 45, 38 Rams are up. They get a touchdown. They're up 52 to 38 with three minutes left in the game. You got to think it's over. Rams are going to finally be Boise for the first time ever. Not so fast. <laughs> they go on a 10 play, 10 plays. This is really t- a 10 play drive. 64, 74 <laughs> seconds in 10 plays. Touchdown. And then you put it, bring out the hands unit. Cedric Wilson gets an amazing onside kick recovery. They go down and score again, 45 yards out. Rams have to punt overtime, and then what do they do? Give it to Madison. Game over, essentially. This is pretty much. I mean, this is a game. You got to watch these games. Come on, people. This, this. I'd have to double check, but this might have been the best game of the whole day overall. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think. Yeah, hands down, it was the best. It was the best Mountain West game. Oh, we can make the argument. We can make the argument as far of the late games, unless you want to see Alabama, Mississippi State, would. Uh, this was the better. This was probably one of the better games out west. 
last night. Yeah, when you look at like the blowout, Auburn crushed Georgia. Alabama, Mississippi State was pretty good late. Yeah, because how they how they came back, but like overall, like Miami crushed Notre Dame, um, TC Oklahoma pretty good, but still an eighteen point victory. But the way this game played out, I would argue this was the best game of the whole day. Maybe Oklahoma State, Iowa State would be right there with it, 49-42. Oh, That's probably the only other game I'd stick in that mix. But and then, this is a game. It's like, geez, Boise, where were you? You'd be, you'd be at UCF, man. You if Co- again, I, I maybe I'm bitter. Cozart he had that stupid shovel pass for a pick six against <laughs> <laughs> Wazoo. I'm like, see, see, seriously, had they had one loss, if they're sitting here at nine and one, they'd probably be ranked at a South Florida and be about a 20, 22 ranked team in the country. They still wouldn't be near UCF. Who's what thirteen now? Fourteen, depending what poll you're looking at. Twelve in the uh, I think coaches it's twelve. Poll. They'd probably be, yeah, they'd be right around top twenty team. And they're still. I don't get how NC State still ranked, West Virginia still ranked, Michigan State still ranked. Jeez, Boise State should be ranked at this point. People aren't watching games if they're getting only six points. They're better than Arizona. They're better than Northwestern. They're better than Virginia Tech. Yeah, it, it's a. I think it's <laughs> boo. It, it's a. For Boise, I think it's a. I don't want to say it's boy. It's I don't think it's Boise BT. I think because Boise started so up and down or sort of inconsistent beginning of the year. I mean, yeah, they went into walk. They went into Pullman and Washington State took care of them, handled them. They played very poorly, and then they played Virginia. And correct me if I'm wrong. Virginia went into Boise and handled them. Nobody's had, nobody's done that. Uh, so Boise starts sort of start behind a little bit behind on the eight ball, and like we mentioned offensively, they just hadn't got it going. They could run the ball and play defense, uh, although the last night's game defense was defense optional. Um, I think I think I, had they not had those losses, you're right. They would I think they would be of the group of five teams. They would be high. I think they would be right there with Central Florida, if not ranked higher. Uh, I'm drawing up, you know, Central Florida. I don't think they play. I have to pull up their schedule. I don't think they played much. That's actually pretty good. Actually, if you look at it real quick, like there's something with Wisconsin. Like, oh, what's going on with this? Like, their actual resume is better than Wisconsin. And so, no, no, UCF. I mean, UCF. Yeah. Uh, Boise's. Central Florida. Central Florida's. Oh. But Central Florida, didn't they? And. Again, correct. Stop me if I'm wrong. I believe they had a game against scheduled to play Georgia Tech, but they canceled because of the because of one of the storms. Correct. I'm looking right now. The uh, yeah, I pull up right now. Nine and zero. Yeah, Memphis was canceled but rescheduled. They also has Maine and oh, Georgia Tech, so, so they've the, had two games canceled. They only have two games left. They'll have eleven games, so they're going to play thirteen games. Wait, that can't be right. Hold on a second here, because Mem- Mem- Georgia Tech canceled, canceled. Maine canceled. Is Maine I rescheduled? Don't, I don't think I haven't heard anything of a of a reschedule. I know Florida State's trying to schedule somebody late. Yeah, Louisiana but... Monroe, which yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Just look at the schedule, but yeah, Georgia Tech, they're okay. That would have been a good one for them. But even without them on the schedule, they're comparing like because they beat Maryland and Memphis is pretty good. Navy's done all right, but uh, I think the way and people aren't saying that they should be ahead of Wisconsin, but they say the gap or any perceived gap, should, the UCF should be much closer than what they were last yeah, year in the playoffs. And, and I, I think with Central Florida, I, I, I think it's a push between Wisconsin and Central Florida. I think we pro- folks will probably give Wisconsin the edge because they beat Iowa and bumped Ohio State. Uh, 
last week or two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, boy had Boise like you said, give them one loss, just the Washington State loss. They'd probably be the best. We'd be talking about them being hey, they're the best one loss team, you know, in of the group of five, and you might have a few hot takes popping on saying, well, their schedule is better than Central Florida's. <laughs> you know, all for the clicks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading. Too- all right, okay, we're done here. We're going to Twitter stuff from Boise State fans. Oh yes, <laughs> you ready for this? All right, so we now we we playfully joke, and some people maybe take it more serious than they should. And yeah, sometimes we uh, bring we um, have some messages we respond with that, not that they're questionable, but maybe we shouldn't have done. But they're still not right. out of bounds by any stretch, by any measure, anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. And truth hurts, right? Sometimes truth hurts. <laughs> so here's a couple of tweets. I'm going to go through because a couple just popped up now again. And um, we're it's fun. So this guy, Elliot Hoyt, whoever he is, he's some dude on Twitter. Um, so there, Barstool has all those random it's school trash. sites, like whatever. I don't care about them. They're garbage, I think. I'll say it. They're yeah. terrible. <clears throat> I've seen a couple of funny things from them, but it's few and far between that are funny without being offensive, which is very minimal. So... Because they pop up on my timeline for people retweeting. I'm like, oh, geez. Or, hey, that was funny. But usually not the case. So there's a tweet. They, there's something about, oh, with Boise State losing early in this game. CSU. There's something from their CSU account. Like, oh, they did this. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I don't even like reading what this guy mentioned here because it's so crude. It's not no swearing, but it's like just all sorts of garbage and stuff and whatever. So and we retweet. And I'll say it was Matt Kendall who tweeted it. He's like, should I go further? I'm like, go for it, man. Do what you want to do. <laughs> and so he retweets. He's basically saying, Ella Hoyt guy's like, oh, thanks for the welcome, whatever, CSU accounts. Blah, blah, blah. I did this to this to this to you and you and left to flip the finger on the way out for victory. I'm like, okay, whatever. We retweet with with it, with facts, not mind you, Broncos have exactly one outright Mountain West title. Simmer down now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. Which, yeah. I, I mean, because it's true. <laughs> response and there's a bunch of others but i like this thread the best um that guy replies back shut up okay cool whatever let's go to fourth grade and then this utah state guy chimes in utah state five who gives us a hard time too so it's fair he goes hey be nice elliot he's fine (laughs) (laughs) and then he goes back i I know this is boring but i think it's funny because you'll laugh and i know how humor a bit and then this guy elliot responds like fraudulent like utah state's defense and a little laughing, crying emoji. And then the great response about how Utah State's doing pretty good turnover margin-wise. Yeah. And so, he goes, did you beat Boise State? I'm like, okay, whatever. That, <laughs> yeah, that's fair, okay. true. That's truth, right? I can't find the lie. <laughs> and, then he, and then there's some other stuff about what type of car do we drive? And we, somebody else, some other thread, or we bring in stats. He changes the subject every time, every response. But this particular thread goes through, again, this guy, Utah State fan. Hey, you got you need to get some rest. You just car dealership opens early. It, parentheses. You needed a booster favor to get that job. <laughs> then one last response a few minutes ago, and I, I don't care if people don't care about this. I think it's funny, so I'm going with it. This is our podcast, and I can make jokes for once. <laughs> hey, last I mean, one, last so, right? Come on, we can have fun, right? We're not serious. Hey, no, I mean, look, man, the world's hard enough as it is. You gotta have some fun, you know. Otherwise, it's just boring. Otherwise, it's just everybody's tight. Uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> You see these? <laughs> you see them coming through? You see the last one? Yeah. You, you uh-huh. want to read it? 
<laughs> yeah, let me read. Yeah, let me. Oh boy, just. Mm. But I mean, you. I mean, it's too. It. It. And I think Hannah probably mentioned this during our conversation earlier. In pre-show. The, pre-show. <laughs> pre-show. Yeah. It. It's a game. It's a game. It's just. You could scream, hoot, holler, get mad, but just. It's a game, and you're a fan or an alumni or alum. Here's why I don't. Here's why I don't get about the final tweet. I'll read it here. He goes, "I work for a a premier Porsche dealership in Boise, mind you, Boise, Idaho." I wait. Let me double check. I don't want mis misinterpret this guy, but I'm pretty sure. Um, Yes, he's in Boise. Let's go to his Facebook page too. See what he's done. Let's find out. Oh. No, he is because it says uh, Boise. So here's what here's what doesn't make sense to me. Okay, you work for a premier. There's a lot of Porsche dealerships out there, even in smaller. Like right. Boise is not a big town, clearly. But then he goes on to say, "I'm one of the top 15 consultants in the nation." So do you sell cars or do you yeah, consult I, cars? What does that mean? And odds of you be if you're you're not there's no way no way you're a top 15 guy. And all the other response, yes, but for somebody else, but like, there's no way you're in a market the size of Boise and at that much of a salesman. He might be good. I'm not doubting that, but does he live in like where more affluent areas, like say Southern California, large cities? That you know what I mean? It's like, come on, but come on, yeah, buddy. Seattle, yeah, like you know, like Seattle or Portland, you know, something that you know, larger, even bigger, L.A., San Diego. Yeah. It's like, come on. Houston, like, <laughs> well, there's a lot of large cities out there. Oh. Dallas, I'm just saying. Jacksonville. It's like, there's no way. Atlanta. Maybe, no. right? Uh, yeah. Chicago? Come on. Walla Walla, Washington. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to resp- I'm not gonna mention this guy's response, the, the Utah State guy, but you can find it. Go to our MWC wire account. And we made we did make one joke, which he goes, um, what are you going to do? Sell us a certified owned pre-Lexus or whatever? Hey. <laughs> Like if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to disrespect the job, get the right brand. I'm like, dude, come on. It's like, have some fun. Twitter's supposed to be fun, right? Supposed to be, you know, if it's not run by you know turds. Uh, the tur- it's the turds that make it unfun, Jerry. Keep that in mind. You ever see me fighting or even holler? It's the it's the idiots that make it make Twitter unfun. We're just here popping off jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's I don't care. I can respect what he does. He does a good job. I'm on his Facebook page. He did deliver a car to Park City, so I guess technically, if his base is in Park City, which is a pretty affluent area, it's like okay, that's not too far from Boise, but still, it's like come on, dude. Like, whatever. We have some fun. Relax, it's, right? It's, it's like you could go back and forth and not be a right, jerk about right. it. It's just you know, I had a I, I, mean, I felt the, the beginning of the season. I had a interesting exchange with a couple of UNLV fans. Well, what a few UNLV fans. I think he mentioned something about them not having a good, needing their defense to be exceptional for them to be bowl eligible. And that was fine. You know, no harm done. Now, I ran into some UNLV fans that could be, you know, a little off there, a little off. But, you know, my, you know, the exchange with them was fine. You know, that I'd rather have more of those exchanges that I had at the beginning of the season where we're just, you know, talking stuff. <laughs> it's just it's like I don't know it's like we don't get into it with a lot of people but when some people just dig in and like <laughs> I don't know it's I know we I know we shouldn't do this all the time but today there's another we won't get into this other example you can find us on MWC Wire check out a couple of New Mexico basketball yeah, tweets I, I sent those. out myself <laughs> one by Eli but 
It's like, it's like, I, it's like, it's a game. It, come on. It's, I know there's a lot of jerks on Twitter and there's a lot of, a lot of jerks on Twitter, but we're not going to get into that. Cause you and me probably know both yeah. of what they are. We're going to get mad yeah, if we keep going just... down this hole about what we're going to discuss, <laughs> but have some fun. It's like, yeah, relax. It's so like, you could be like, we, our conversation technically was pretty simple. Yeah. There's one part, like the car thing, like whatever, but other people coming in are saying dumb stuff, but I just, I just find it hilarious. Just one comment is shut up. His response to saying you have one outright title is yeah, to shut like, up. Oh, <laughs> right? It's like, man. that's like fourth grade oh, stuff. Just, just don't be so tight. It's fun. Don't be so angry. Uh, I, uh, saying that falls on M. Hey, if you want some of this fun stuff, go to MWCY on Twitter and follow yes, us. There. We appreciate the we appreciate <laughs> likes, saying that. retweets, and uh, great conversations. And I also, I also, hey, if you're mean to us, we don't care. We're fine. We're cool with it. We may respond to you. We may not. Like, I've I've been I've been getting better at not responding to some stuff like this. Uh, I said better. Something you're a much better soul than I am. I, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, I, I, I just I, like one one last. <laughs> It's it's but it just I there's certain things you could just let go like ah, whatever but there's just certain things like if they just come incorrect it's like uh, let me let me just put it away or let me just you know correct them on it, it it's really it's really hard <laughs> I, I I hear you I hear you sometimes <sighs> but um oh, uh, so but like we said we we are biased against your team we have fun with it and. Honestly, we, we, we don't want to get into fights everybody. We don't very often. But if you're going to come after us and say, why are you just disrespecting our entire season after one exhibition game or one preseason game, I'll respond. It was, it was a one preseason game. game, and you played what level of team? Because I had some guy on Twitter, like like Utah State lost to Weber State basketball. I'm like, dang it. Some guy replied to us like, oh, that stinks or whatever. I'm like, well, I replied back, hey, at least they played yeah. a D1 oh. team. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. Boise State played like yeah. Oregon Tech or something, and so I'm like, that's a that's a quip response. That's a fun response. Then then they get all defensive and say, "What do you have against me? What are, what are they?" I'm like, yeah. nothing. You you started it with me. I responded to saying, "Hey, at least they scheduled a real opponent today." Yeah, and and to point to your example, you know, about not taking things so seriously. Yeah, I'm a I'm like I said, I'm a Florida fan, and our season, the football season, has been no great shakes. It's it's been a dumpster fire, but sort of at the end of the day, you let your frust you kind of let your frustration out, and you just move on. You know, you mm-hmm. just hey, they they they're better than us. It sucks, but you just let it go. Don't take it so seriously. Just relax. You know. Mm. All right, I I think we've done enough on this as well. One last note, actually. I like it when people say we're unfo- they're unfollowing us, but they never do, or they follow us back a month later. I never like. I, I love I, that. That's that's Thank just you. the whole Twitter thing. Like, like you get you know the bigger accounts, like uh, one for example, like Andy Staples. He's a for SI. You know, I think he was going back and forth and so on. Mm-hmm. I'm unfollowing you. But it's like, oh wow, you know, just sweet, you know. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna let everybody like, know. You followed me. I don't. You followed me. I didn't follow you. Yeah, your 28 followers are going to make an impact when you retweet. I'm unfollowing you. Thanks. Cool. Uh, some people, man. Hey, if you really want to get mad, if you really want to get pissy, Seth Davis gets into anything and everything, and yeah. so what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, that's, that's Twitter talk for the show. We want we want to – hey, we mixed it up yeah. today, so that's some fun. So it's about an hour-plus show. We had a – thanks for Annie Q hopping on with us, talk some San Jose State, Nevada. 
We have all of our football stuff recaps we did this week. Check our new site, MWR.com. A lot of basketball stuff, too. So check out me and Eli doing some hoops podcast down there probably uh, once a week. We'll see. Depends how it goes. But, um, Brandon, you're you excited for that Nevada-Rhode Island game coming up Monday? Oh, oh yeah. I'll, I will be barring something bad happening in the distance. I will be recapping that game. I'm in Florida, Excellent. so I'll have to be staying up to watch that game. Hey, at least uh, you're in central time in Florida, not eastern time. So that's good. Yeah, right? but it 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 blurs together. Oh, um, it does. I, I I get. I've been in that time zone before, so it, it blurs together. I mean, really, what's the difference? Of uh, uh, an, an hour. Thank you. <laughs> I set myself up for that. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good times. I'll you know grab a cup of coffee and enjoy a very good game. In which little about a basketball, real quick. Um, you know, this is going to be a game is going to be interesting in terms of what happens in March. You know, Ryan's a good team, very good squad. Nevada coming off their victory. So it'll be a good game. People should watch. <clears throat> Not your typical non-conference, bad non-conference game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. There's some bad ones. Nor- Northern New Mexico. Northern New Mexico. <laughs> that's all I got. All right. So thanks for hopping on again for us, uh, joining the show, listening. However you – oh, one quick note. Our podcast is now on Spreaker as well, which is pretty cool. So Blog Talk Radio did some team up with Spreaker. Basically, it's sort of it's basically like SoundCloud. So if you like SoundCloud, I know Blog Talk Radio, they don't have an app. It still works pretty well on mobile, but if you want a better mobile experience and you don't have iTunes or you don't use Stitcher, go to Spreaker, down, download their app. It's very, very similar to SoundCloud. I know we're not on SoundCloud over there because we don't get any money on SoundCloud, so that's why we're not over there. Sorry, but that's true. We don't, we don't get our $0.04 cents a month on, from SoundCloud. So, But if you like Spreaker, go there. We're on TuneIn, everywhere else, Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, um, anywhere you can find a podcast, essentially, we're at, but now Stitcher. So download that up, please, and subscribe to our show that way. Leave a review. We'd appreciate it as well. And as always, yeah, we're biased against your team. And good we need this time. <laughs> yes, good or bad. Good or bad.